Praise God, we're going to receive the word now. But it's all part of our worship. And Dylan has challenged us not just to be a hearer of the word, but be a hearer, but be a doer. And God has laid something on my heart that as we have received Christ, so we walk in him. It will be an encouraging word. It may be a challenging word. I just preach it as it is. I don't try and, you know, make it easy. God challenges us. And sometimes we want nice things. All we want to hear is nice things. But the challenge is that we walk in Christ. Amen. As we have received Christ. Praise God. We're looking at Colossians chapter 2. And particularly verse 6. Paul says, As therefore you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so in him continue to live. Continue to live. The New King James puts it this way, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So walk in him. Yeah, it don't seem to be working. Um, let me ask you a question. Thank you, Chris. Good. I must do what Keith does. You have it on your phone, don't you? Mm. Uh, I see he's more technical than me. My phone's sitting down there. What does it mean to accept Christ as Lord? What does it mean to be a Christian? If I have received Christ as Savior and Lord, and I am completely saved by His grace, and not anything that I do, not of my works, will there be a change in my life? Several years ago, Willis and I, you would know Willis, well, some of you would, Willis Higgins, uh, and we went out to Honduras to, to do some ministry, but to see the orphanage that we as all nations has supplied half the, the funds for. Uh, we had a good time in Honduras. We had a long weekend. We were ministering. We were there to encourage uh, the pastor and his wife um, and a good time but unfortunately we had to do a stopover I use the word unfortunately it's like unfortunately that Dylan is on a cruise ship unfortunately but unfortunately we had to do a stopover in Miami I thought well the stopover had to be a couple of days well we didn't mind being in Miami a few days and I can remember Willis and I being on the beach on the Saturday. We knew we were flying out again, I think, on the Monday. And uh, he, he was doing a video. I said, Willis, put that video away. We're meant to be in Honduras. But it was, we are confessing now, it was a stopover just for a couple of nights on our way back. And as we were traveling uh, along the highways, you get little messages on the bumpers of, of cars. 
And there was one in particular that drew my attention. It read something like this. It was a little message. Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. Is that really all there is of being a Christian? Yes, we are forgiven. But surely there is more to being a Christian than just being forgiven. Yes, there is more. For not only do we have eternal life in that we have hope for tomorrow after death, I believe that I have eternal life right now. I have a quality of living that I wouldn't want to miss. Amen. I remember when I was young, I always knew that there was something more than just going to church. I was brought up Church of Ireland. My parents didn't go, but I went occasionally. But I always knew there was something more. And I, had in, I didn't know the gospel. I didn't know what it was to uh, come to Christ. I didn't know what it was to know Christ as Savior. I didn't know that he died and rose for me personally. I didn't know forgiveness. But I knew inside there was something more. And I can remember in, in Boys Brigade. And yes, and I went to Boys Brigade. It was good discipline. And I can remember writing an essay, I will become a Christian. Now, why did I write an essay, I will become a Christian? I knew inside that I wasn't. And I will become a Christian when I'm 57. I can remember exactly what I had written. I will become a Christian when I'm 57. Why 57? Well, I'm going to have a good life, but when I'm 57, that's when I'll accept Christ. That was my thought. I didn't have a clue what it was to be a Christian. I'm so glad that a Catholic friend of mine came to know Jesus Christ. And in coming to know Jesus Christ, he shared Christ with me. And I, a so-called Protestant, responded. Responded to the gospel. And I'm so glad at the age, not 57, but the age of 17, I became a Christian. Hallelujah. I have enjoyed my life so far. And I don't want to die tomorrow, by the way. But I've enjoyed my life so far. Being a Christian is more than just being forgiven. Being a Christian is having a quality of life where you know something of God's kingdom right now inside of me. Amen. Praise God. I wouldn't have changed it for the world. I'm so glad that God showed me mercy and grace when I was 17 and I became a Christian. Some of you know the story thereafter because he seemed to fast track me into a full-time Christian ministry. Uh, but that's how God does it. But I thank God that we're not only forgiven, but being in Christ we are different. We have a new identity. We have a new mindset. We have a new society in which to belong to. We have a new standard of living in which we, we, God's law is in us. Teaching us. There's an ongoing transformation in, in our lives where we are changed from glory to glory. Amen. And in accepting Christ, I will be different. 
I will be different. Paul says, if any man be in Christ, he is what? He is a new person. All things have passed away. All things have become new. You see, commitment to Jesus Christ, in submitting my life to Jesus Christ, in giving God my life, and I'm so glad I did when I was 17, should mean that there will be a breakthrough of his living presence in my life. Where I know joy, peace, amen, and purpose. A leading American pastor lamented, Why is today's church so weak? Why are Christians no different from the world around them? The answer might be that we fail to live and we fail to continue in him. Remember what Paul said, As you have received Christ the Lord, so walk in him. So walk in him. So what does it mean to receive Christ? How did you receive Christ? You received Christ in faith. The life of faith is represented as receiving. It's not something that we work for. Simply, it is the acceptance of a gift. And God has come and said, here's a gift, Billy. Here's a gift, The gift of life, the gift of eternal life. And the Bible makes it quite clear. We see, for by grace you have been saved through faith and not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any one should boast. So thank God it's a gift. How do we receive Christ? By faith in the acceptance of a gift. Bible says, for, by, for the wages of sin is what? Is death. What, what's wages? Wages is something I work for. If I work, I receive a wage. But here's the contrast. But the gift of God. It's not something that I work for. God gives me a gift. Amen. The gift of God is eternal life. So how did I receive Christ? I received Christ by faith. I receive Christ by grace. It's not something that I work for. It's not something that I earned. It's not something that I merit in my own morality because I, there's nothing good inside of me. I'm, I'm without strength. I cannot even approach God. But God came to me. Amen. How do I receive Christ? By grace. And how did I receive him? I received him in humility because I had to come to the place of surrender. I had to repent. So faith and repentance go together. I had to come to a place and say, Lord, I cannot do this on my own. I am broken. I'm lost. So I had to humble myself. And Jesus, if you listen to his writings, and read his writings, he made it quite clear. Jesus he called the little children to him. He set him and set him in the midst of them and said, Surely I say to you, unless you are 
converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So how did I receive him? I received him in faith, in grace, and humility. What did you receive when you received Christ Jesus as Lord? You received eternal life. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm glad I didn't wait till I'm 57. I'm sorry. I'm mentioning that. I often say, forgive me for saying it again. Thank God. Eternal life is not pie in the sky, but steak on the plate while you wait. See, we have, we have best of both worlds, don't we? Amen. And John makes it quite clear. He said, and this is the testimony that God has. Listen, God may, God might, God someday will know that God has. Did you get it? Past tense. God has given us eternal life. Praise God. It's not something I'm hoping I'm going to receive. It's not something I'm hoping that maybe, maybe all my good works will just merit something and God will be good to me. No, the moment I accept Christ, I receive the gift. I have eternal life. Well, pastor, I don't know if I'm going to heaven or not. I know if I die right now, I'm going to heaven. Amen. How do I know? It's not presumption. It is faith because God said it. God must be true to his word. He said, I've written that God has given us eternal life. And where is this life found? And this life is in his son. And he who has the son has life. And he who does not have the son of God does not have life. Do you have the son? Have you come to know him? Maybe I'm speaking to you today. Maybe I'm speaking to someone online and you don't have the son. You don't have an understanding of the son of God. You don't know Yahweh. You don't know him who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I pray that God would open your eyes and that you would see the glorious gospel, the good news that we have in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Amen. We have life. Amen. And these things I have written to you. Who believe in the name of the Son of God. That you may know that you have. You might want to underline that in your Bibles. Because maybe the enemy is saying to you. Oh I don't know if you're saved or not. You don't know if you've got hope. You really don't know. No. Come on church. Arise. Come on in our understanding. God has given us eternal life. And this life. Is in his son. What's the other thing we receive when we receive Christ? Well, I believe we, we received adoption. Adoption. Jesus said, For as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Paul said, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of what? Adoption, whereby we cry out, Abba. We can come with intimacy and say, Daddy, 
Daddy, Daddy, Father, Amen. We can say, Abba, Father, such is the closeness of our relationship with God. We who were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus, and we can cry, Abba, Abba, Abba. And the Spirit Himself bears witness in us, in our spirit, that we are children of God. That's what you received. Not fear. Not condemnation. You received adoption and you received life. Life eternal. We are now called the children of God. The idea of receiving implies a sense of realization. Making the matter a reality. One cannot receive a shadow. But through faith... Christ has become real to us. Jesus is not a mere man or a historic person. A person who lived so long ago that his life is is only history to us now. Our faith is not a historic faith. Our faith is not a ceremonial faith. Our faith is a living faith in a living person because Jesus is alive. And I love what the late Queen Elizabeth II said about her faith. It was not a ceremonial faith, but a faith in a living person. See, the substance, listen, and listen to me well. The substance of our faith is not faith itself. Hyper-faith teaching emphasizes the necessity to have faith. So much so that they say, what you need is Faith in faith. God had faith. And they put such an emphasis on faith that faith becomes God. Our faith is not in faith. Our faith is in God himself. Let's make it quite clear. So it's not a question of me having enough faith to generate enough image in my mind and to make a certain amount of confession that I create reality. My faith is in God. Amen. My faith is in God himself. Thank God. The reality is Christ. So in receiving Christ, as someone said, in receiving Christ, Jesus becomes a real person in the consciousness of our heart through the Holy Spirit. I believe it was Charles Spurgeon, that great famous preacher of old said salvation may be described as the blind receiving sight the deaf receiving hearing and the dead receiving living but we have not only received these blessings but we have received Christ Jesus himself amen what does Paul say Paul says Christ in us the hope of glory. So here's the challenge. What does it mean for Christ to be Lord of my life? It means that I submit to him. It means that I give him my life. It means that I surrender my life to him. You see, Jesus made it quite clear. If, if any man come after me, let him take up his cross and follow me 
And so Paul says, as you have received Christ as Lord, so walk you in him. Live in him. Continue in him. We are to walk in him the same way that we received him. Walking signifies progress. It signifies continuous movement. And Paul says that we are to continue in the faith. The question may be asked, can there be a point in my life where I stop clinging to him? Where I stop abiding in him? That's a question for another day. But let's make it quite clear. If God has done a work of grace in my heart and I have responded in submitting my life to him, do you know what will happen? I will want to walk worthy of that calling. I will want to walk worthy of that calling. In studying this little verse found here in Colossians, it's important that you understand the context in which Paul was speaking. And certainly you see that in verse 4 and verse 8, that these people were, were under attack. There was great opposition. In fact, opposition to Paul, opposition to his gospel. And he, he says in verse 4, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. We see it's in the context of opposition. Verse 8, he says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men. So he knew the church were under attack, under attack to, to, to walk away from what Paul was teaching. And that's why he says, Luke, he said, walk worthy. Or he said, walk in Christ. But in verse 5, I, I come across this little phrase, and I've never seen it before. He said, for... Though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. What is this good order and the steadfastness of our faith? Well, I believe he, he uses the word therefore. And the word therefore in verse 6 is a connecting word to what he has said to, about what, what he's going to say. And he said, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. And he uses a number of words. He said, rooted and built up in, in him, established in the faith, overflowing it with thanksgiving. Amen. Overflowing with thanksgiving. The psalmist said, What can I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? You see, when God sets order in your life and its kingdom order, do you know what will happen? It will give you a desire to love him, to serve him, and to walk worthy. Amen. There is a teaching going around today. It's called hyper grace. And it goes something like this. Well, it's all of grace. And we know that Paul made it quite clear. Where, where, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Amen. That is a fact, praise God. And thank God that we don't habitually sin. We don't 
go out of our way to sin. But if we do, because we're not perfect, but thank God we're covered by grace. Amen. But the hyper-grace teaching says, well, it doesn't matter what you do. Just carry on doing what you want. Because God's grace will look after you. Now, that is subtle. Because I believe when, when grace is in my life, it will not give me a license to go on living any old life. God's grace in my life will give me an appetite to love the Lord my God. And that's important we understand. It's so subtle. Yes, we know that God's grace will look after us. But it can never become a license where I just behave any, any old way. If we are to see transformation in our lives, our lives must be different to those who do not know Christ. Lives that walk worthy of being a Christ one. There must be order in our faith. In other words, we are to walk the same way that we received Christ. So how do we receive him? We walk in him by faith. Paul, in writing to the Romans, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And I'm I'm not, praise God, I, I thank God for the gospel. The gospel that saved us, the gospel that brought us into a relationship with God. Why? Because Paul said, it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. Jew first, and also to the Greek. And then he says something, for therein, in what? In the gospel. For therein the righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness of God, man's right standing with God, is revealed in the gospel. That's good news, amen. The cry of history is, how can we get right with God? We discover it in the gospel, amen. For the righteousness of God is revealed. And then he says, from faith to faith. Faith to faith. The first faith could be described as where I am made right with God, the faith where I accept Christ. The second faith may be described as the ongoing, continuing in faith where there is that move of God and transformation of God in my life. Because Paul said, I'm quoting the Old Testament, he said, the just shall live by faith. And so we walk in faith. And we walk in grace. Grace needs to continually work in our lives. But in receiving God's grace, it's not giving me a license. But it's increasing my appetite. It's giving me the source and strength to be what God has called me to be. As Paul said, and I can say today, I am what I am by the grace of God. God is able. Listen, church. God is able. To make all grace abound toward you. And we walk in humility. In James, God gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the pride, but gives grace to the humble. Now, Paul describes something of what it means to walk or to continue to live in him. He said, 
being rooted and built up in him. As we receive him, so walk in him, being rooted and built up in him. The word for rooted is the word that can be used of a tree with its roots in the soil. Being built up is a metaphor of a building that has firm foundations. You can only go as high to the depth of your foundations. Some of you will know that we put a number of extensions on this church. This one was the latest one in the annex, but the first one, that gave us headaches, real headaches. Uh, We had uh, a good friend, he was an elder of the church at the time, Mike Greenwood and um, Keith, Barbie and George and others would know Mike. And Mike was out of work at the time. And um, what did I say? Greenwood. Greenway. Thank you, Mary. It says old age, Greenway. And uh, I, I can remember when we started building this extension. And we had to go so, so deep because of the nature of the soil. And I can remember that morning, I will never forget it, we had 10 um, cement lorries all parked up on the roadside, ready to, to fill in, the, because it had to be deep because of the soil. Uh, and we had the clerk of works coming, saying yes or no. And I thought, had it been no, all those lorries would have to return back. Thankfully, it was yes. But you can see the extension is still standing. That's what, 30 plus years ago. Standing because we had to grow, go deep. And if you're going to develop in your Christian life, you need to continue in him, but you need to be rooted and built up in him. There are those who come to Christ, but there is superficiality about their faith. There's shallowness about our lives. And the the enemy comes along and he takes the seed that was sown because it's not rooted in good soil. So if you receive him, so walk in him. Surrender to him. Submit to him. These words describe depth and good foundations. So let me ask you. Are you growing? Being rooted and built up in him. Established in the faith as you have been taught. Now, thank God for the gift of teachers within the church. You might say, well, thank God for Pastor Billy and Pastor Keith. God has given gifts to the church for teaching. But you know you have another teacher. You have the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the unction of the Spirit will teach you. And you have a teacher who is teaching you right from wrong. You have a teacher inside of you teaching you the qualities of this eternal life that I'm, I'm talking about. In Matthew chapter 5 and 7, we have what I would describe as a manifesto of kingdom living. Jesus, it's the Sermon on the Mount. If you want a good sermon... Don't listen to Pastor Keith or Pastor Billy. Go and listen to Jesus. It's recorded for you in Matthew 5 to to 7. There is a sermon on the mind, on the Beatitudes. And at the end of it, some of us, we've been there on that mountain. 
who've had the privilege to visit Israel, who've been there. And at the end of his sermon, something like what Dylan mentioned this morning about the challenge of being a doer of the word. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said this. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on a rock. How was it founded on a rock? It was founded on a rock because they heard these sayings and they did something about it. And then he goes on to say, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, I will liken, I will, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on that house. And what happened? And it fell. And great was its fall. Did you see that both houses, before the storm came, you couldn't tell the difference? They were alike. And maybe, maybe we can look at our lives and we can give the appearance that all is good and all is well and all is fine until the storm comes. Storm of opposition. Storms of uncertainty that has engulfed your life. But if I have built my life on the sayings of Christ and I, have, I do them, my house is built on a rock. Amen. And I pray that there will no longer be superficiality and shallowness in our lives, but we will be rooted. Amen. And we will be built up in Christ. We will abide with thanksgiving. We will be established in the faith. And come what may, whatever opposition may come my way, as it was for these Christians, I will be steadfast. I will continue. Amen. I will not give up. My faith will not be based on my feelings or my emotions, but I will be steadfast in the rock, Christ Jesus. Why do I keep going? Because he's Lord. Why do I not just throw in the towel? He's Lord. That's what it means to have Christ as Lord. I submit my life to him. He will change me. As I mentioned, in verse 4 and verse 8, we see that uh, these Christians were under attack. And there are enemies to our faith. Enemies to our faith. Uh, the flesh within us, our own feelings, our own emotions, our own passions at times can, can lead us astray. Uh, there is the enemy of the world around us. We, we, don't in a, we live in a world that is antagonistic to, to kingdom living and kingdom values. They don't. <laughs> Please understand, it is totally antagonistic. Jesus said, they will hate you because they hate me. The world around us, 
And we have spoken before about the necessity where we do not lose our distinctiveness as a Christ one, whereby we, we are squeezed into a culture of the world and their mindset and their values and the way that they behave. I should be different. Why? Because I am a Christ one. I'm a Christ one. And we know that there is an enemy, a devil, who prowls toward us. Yes, he runs toward us like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Yes, we are at war. But thank God I will be rooted. And I will be built up in Christ. And I will be established in the faith. And I will be steadfast. Regardless of the enemy inside, the enemy around me, and the enemy who runs toward me, I will be steadfast. Our foundation is Jesus himself. The stability of our faith as a Christ one is being rooted and built up in Christ. He is the source of our strength. The source of our faith. Jesus. As the hymn writer said, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We discover the key of honoring God with our lives, being established in the faith as we have been taught, trained by grace to leave the old life, to live this new life, because the grace of God has appeared to us and it now teaches us. Let's start. I'm going to pray in a moment. Maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're watching online and all oh, this is new to you. You don't know Christ as Lord. You, you can't walk in him because you've never received him. You've never received him. You've never received that gift of life. And today you can receive him in faith, in repentance. You can receive him by, in humility by coming to the place where you, you cannot earn it by yourself. You can't work. I want every eye closed and every head bowed in the presence of God. And if you're home watching, I pray that you too just respond to God in your way. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as Savior, you don't know Him as Lord, I want you right now just indicate to me by just lifting up your hand putting it back down yes that's me today I want to surrender my life to him I want to submit my way to him is there one in the meeting one today yes and maybe you're watching online why don't you make the simple prayer and you too today just as the Spirit is bringing you to that place of faith, a place of understanding, why don't you make this simple prayer and then tell someone, Dear Father, 
I come to you. And I pray that through your Holy Spirit, break out into my life. This day, I receive Christ. This day, I receive your gift of eternal life. Come into my life and let me so walk in you. Forgive me and help me to understand you more. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer, why don't you say to one of the team, we'll be up at the front, or a friend who's brought you today. If you're watching online, why don't you write to us, office at allnationselam.org. We'd love to send you some literature. The important thing is that we know what this eternal life is, and to walk in Christ, to be established in Him. Not to be weak, but to be strong, amen. Not to be tossed to and fro by the opinion of the world, but to be strong in our conviction, amen. Because Christ is Lord, amen. Let's just worship Him. Sophie leads us in our song. Thank you.